Yeah. Good. Good. We did Very it. Good. Living it. Mm-hmm. Right, here we go. I'm gonna try something. This may not work. <laughs> it may bail halfway through, but here we go. Bienvenue à Rien à Crand. Je m'appelle Billy Schultz et je suis votre hôte. Je suis rejoint par mes deux amis Alex et Luc et nous allons parler d'un film d'horreur. Mm. I did it in French, y'all. Wow. I didn't understand <laughs> any of that. <laughs> With no aid from any ah. external source. No, 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 no. Just <laughs> right up in the old noodle bowl. Isn't it non All me. <laughs> oh, it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> that was me attempting the Nothing to Fear introduction in French, which basically said, welcome to Nothing to Fear. My name is Billy Schultz, and I am joined by my two friends, Alex and Luke, and we're going to talk about a horror movie, because that's what we do on this podcast. Every week, we talk about a different horror movie, and we are in the spookiest month of all, July. I mean, October, sorry. Got it mixed up there. <laughs> and we're starting our mini series for october the halloween but not halloween movies movies month so first of all let me introduce my two mm. other co-hosts alex how are you doing today how are you doing this morning i'm good i'm excited for today um this is a movie i've wanted to watch since i learned about it a couple weeks ago so yeah let's go mm -hmm. let's go let's go all right and i will introduce luke as well so luke alex is ready to go make it snappy already <laughs> Hi, I'm fine. I'm Luke. I'm fine. Hi, fine. I'm Alex. <laughs> yes. So, Alex, you pick this movie. It's your choice to pick for this month. So tell us, and, and since this is the Halloween but not Halloween month, you have to tell us how this movie ties in with Halloween in however way you choose. It's a little creative thought okay. exercise. So take it away. What are we watching? Okay, so today we're going to watch 2016's Don't Breathe and... The reason I picked this movie was because I was in the theaters and I saw a trailer for Don't Breathe 2 and I was like, oh, this looks like a scary movie. And then I saw it was the second one. And then I was like, oh, there was a first one. And then I went home, I did some Googling and I was like, oh, there is a first one. Oh, it is pretty recent. Oh, it's a, it's a horror movie. <laughs> and I picked it because apparently in this movie, they go to someone's house. And in Halloween, you go to someone's house. And... <laughs> Often you would go to more than one person's house. You would go to several houses. So maybe in this movie they'll go to more than one house. I don't know. We'll see. But that's how it ties to Halloween. In the <laughs> loosest way possible, going to someone's house. I love it. In reality, every almost every movie ever made is a Halloween movie. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> You're not wrong. I don't really know very much about it other than they go to a house and apparently it's like a blind old person and they try to break in and rob that person and then shit goes down huh yeah wow cool well th thanks for picking it i had not heard of this movie until you mentioned it this is one that i'm actually really excited for because we spent so long in the last couple of months doing sequels and remakes and having some sort of foundation to like go off of a new movie with it feels cool to be in uncharted waters so to speak where it's just like i don't know what this movie is i haven't seen the trailer i don't know the premise i don't know what anybody's name is and so i'm keen to go in blind and experience this one so i really can't predict anything that's going to happen except for maybe it's going to be kind of like the strangers maybe maybe, maybe. in the loosest tenuous links are what this pod is all about so mm. that's the what strangers was also a halloween movie yep of course, Luke is sitting there, pleased as punch, the cat that got the canary, because you've seen this movie, have you not? 
I have, yes. I have seen Don't Breathe. So all of your predictions are funny to me. (laughs) (laughs) So it is a Halloween movie. (laughs) Yeah. I really shouldn't say anything because this movie is unique. Say okay. anything could be another Halloween movie too. If you Did want you to like it? As the guy from Say Anything, I, I'll I'll wait until the second part oh. to give my thoughts. Oh, that's a lot of intrigue, <laughs> listeners. This might be one of the shortest intros on record. So you're giving us nothing. He's giving us nothing. People break into a house of a blind guy, and things start to unravel. Oh, and then so I was more, right more like, once again, and, and then. <laughs> Even more things come to light. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, my appetite is whetted. I'm excited. I'm ready to <laughs> to get into this. So we are gonna just dive right in. We're gonna put the trailer in a second and know that the second half will be much more spoilery than the first bit was. And also, please check out DoesTheDogDie.com for any stuff that could be triggering for listeners and potential viewers of this film but we hope you watch the movie and you hope that you'll enjoy the episode and we'll be back in but a moment your lips look sore that's how you're making your cash out there <laughs> what do you say you and i move away from mom together it's a promise you're leaving yeah as soon as i have the money when are you coming back never yo i got our ticket out of here Rumor is this guy is sitting on at least 300k. Boom! That's her guy. Wait, is he blind? We messed up to rob a blind guy, isn't it? Just because he's blind don't mean he's insane, bro. Guys, money's probably in there. there stay right there how many of you are there it's just me man all right just let me go please okay i swear to god breath for this entire second half yes okay ready everyone you get one breath and then we'll have to do the thing (gasps) alex read us the synopsis no i'm just kidding (laughs) go ahead (laughs) okay don't breathe is a 2016 american horror thriller film produced and directed by fide alvarez the film stars jane levy dylan minette daniel zavato and stephen lang and focuses on three friends who get trapped inside a blind man's house while breaking into it Hmm. I'd say it's a bit of a stretch to call them friends. <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> I mean, hats off to Fede Alvarez for making a movie with zero protagonists. <laughs> yeah, I think the younger sister was the protagonist, right? She all she wanted oh, sure, to do sure, was sure. surf. 
just wanted to be a surfer yeah. <laughs> in Michigan. I feel really bad oh. for Alex's dad. Right? But who cares? <laughs> yeah, well, you should have better security of your own security. That's true. If you're in security and you can be out secured, you shouldn't be in security. I'm sure there's a stat out there that's like, you're, you're most likely to be robbed or stolen by someone you know, right? There's probably a stat out there like that. Like, probably. the chances are higher, so well, like, clearly Alex's dad did not think Alex would rob him. Do you mean break-ins? Well, I mean, like, break-ins, stealing, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, my intuition says break-ins would probably more be people you don't know, but mm. maybe, but maybe like, casual theft would be people you do know. Yeah, this movie was just casual theft, so... Mm. It's just casual theft. Yeah. <laughs> this movie was wild. And you're right, Luke. I could not call one single thing because <laughs> this movie goes in some directions, dear listener. If you haven't listened, an extra an extra spoiler warning up top. And also, we may talk about some of the sexual assaulty parts of this movie. Which... I really hope yes. none of this happens during Halloween. <laughs> Worst Halloween ever. <laughs> Worst Halloween ever. But... Let's let's kind of get into it, because this movie is really weird. This movie is very strange. It starts us off introducing us to this trio of criminals, in air quotes, definitely not experienced or smart, and <laughs> they're, like, robbing houses, and somehow we're, we're expected to believe that they've gotten away with multiple break-ins, despite wearing the clothing of the house, lying everywhere, urinating on the floors, and just generally like fucking shit up and everything's fine and then like it's all premised to like steal from this shut-in blind war vet guy who reportedly just has money in his house that everyone believes without any evidence or any were, physical uh, concrete proof <laughs> there was a news story there was a news story oh. billy oh okay this was back in the era before fake news this was real news oh. so. <laughs> this was real news yeah. Trust every single thing on the news. Yeah, yeah I mentioned it tongue in cheekly that this movie has no protagonists, and I don't think I liked a single person in the movie, and I don't think you're really supposed to, but you're supposed to maybe feel bad for Rocky, the the gal who is the I guess the final girl of this horror movie. But What a what cliche. A this movie is such weird. a cliche. There's a final girl. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's just that's just horror movies for you. There's lots of discourse on YouTube about like what the final girl means in horror movies. Videos I have not watched yet, but should, but we don't really need to get into that. So, I mean, I, my thoughts are completely scattered. I don't really know how to like approach this one. So maybe, I know it's your pick, Alex, but let's start with Luke, because you've seen this one a second time. So is there mm -hmm. anything to be gleaned from watching this multiple times at all? Well, certainly, technically, there is. There's there's some really cool shots, some really cool use of like night vision lighting that's really creepy. Good use of creaking in the house. Really cool setting juxtaposition of the beginning of the film where they're robbing a really fancy house versus a really run down one. There's probably some metaphors in all of that that I'm not quite picking up on, but I'm around it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though this is a really kind of raw, weird movie, I thought the two leads, especially, 
was it Jane Levy and Dylan Minnette? I thought they did a pretty good job of being like believably scared in a new situation. Oh, yes. So I think that like a lot of the technical and cinematic elements of this film were pretty cool. The editing was like a little bit different and I don't think I hated it. It was a kind of a differently edited film. I thought it felt like there were some scene transitions that weren't cuts, but like pans to a different view of the house kind of thing which is cool like that's a different way to do it and and it like makes the house look creepier so i think all of that was done more or less fairly well the story is quite bizarre and i guess my first salvo is i'm I'm left not really knowing what this movie's supposed to be about (laughs) (laughs) like yeah every character kind of has their own motivations that just sort of seem to disappear in to the ether of like extreme violence and i don't know if i quite understand the artistic merit of the story yet but maybe that will be helped (laughs) talking to the two of you about it (laughs) but yeah i think i think like the performances were pretty good i really hated that one guy money i was like fuck this guy's so stupid but i was supposed to feel that way about him so yes yeah I wrote one of my notes said, but how am I supposed to know money is the bad guy? <laughs> yeah, and... <laughs> right. I'm left with this feeling of not knowing what I'm actually supposed to get out of this movie, other than some people are crazy and some people are desperate and some people are crazy and desperate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, in terms of it being like social commentary, there's maybe something there but it's very like very thinly painted mm-hmm. there's not really a single person to root for in this movie and hope that they achieve their goals because the people who are trapped in this house with this man who wants to do crimes to them and murder them are only there because they want to rob him and so mm-hmm. it's like well okay and then he's not a good guy he's not like this hapless victim because we find out i mean i guess t- the, here's official spoiler he's got a a woman kidnapped and impregnated against her will in the basement. Yeah, well, when we find out he's a war vet that was Mm -hmm. blinded by a shrapnel from a grenade, so, like, our sympathies are supposed to be with him. So that's, I guess that's kind of what this movie is doing, is, like, it's giving us both sympathetic and ugly motivations for all the characters. Like, you kind of both feel for Rocky, but then also blame her at the same time. Like, you feel for her past, but she's, like manifesting her trauma by committing pretty big crimes and so it's like everyone has i don't know maybe the deeper message is everyone has trauma and no one really knows what to do about it (laughs) but then it's also hard to know like what the fuck is alex's trauma he's just like he seems like he's got a decent life and he's just trying to impress rocky (laughs) i don't know yeah the real bad guy of this movie was the crumbling infrastructure and economy of Detroit. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because a- <laughs> Alex had like, well, other than money, but of the three that were left, like Alex in the movie had the least like sympathetic motivation to be doing what he was doing. But he was also the mm-hmm. nicest person. So again, I think <laughs> our intuitions are played with a little bit there because he was like the only one that seemed to like have any sort of emotional intelligence and care about other people. So it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yes, my compass is way off. But Alex, 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 we haven't heard from you. What have What have you got to say about Don't Breathe? How did you like this movie? I think this was a pretty good movie. I liked it quite a bit. I think it's like a welcome change from a lot of the supernatural horror. As weird as it was, it was fairly 
It was a fairly like simple plot, and I guess this could happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause I think I remember reading like like there's 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 obviously been in reality of like people being kidnapped and held in like basements. Hmm. Like that, I I remember reading news stories about that, and like that's that's a very real thing. And then I guess burglaries happen. So, <laughs> in a kind of weird way, this was like a, this was a kind of believable movie, I guess. Okay. Which is what I thought was quite scary about it. And then it was just like a super tense roller coaster where it's super straightforward. Like there's a weirdo, and then they're they're just trying to get out of the house, and they're not able to. So. Mm-hmm. A lot of the intricacies of plot don't need to be thought about. It's just like, all right, get out of the house. That's it. I guess it was kind of like a fun ride to see all those kind of set pieces of like, you know, the basement and then the vents, the upstairs, the streets, the car, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, this was kind of a, a movie that you can kind of shut your brain off and just watch and enjoy. But like, it's one of those shut off your brain movies, but then... It's your your brain's just being fed adrenaline the whole time. So I guess I kind of enjoyed the the mixing of that. Like I don't have to think about it, but I was really into it the whole time. Okay, I can totally yeah. see where you're coming from on that one. Yeah. The plot was quite based thick, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Like if it was on a pH scale, it'd probably be like 13, 14. Ooh, I know what that is. I took a biology <laughs> class this week. <laughs> yeah. I knew that from before. Yeah, the acting was like pretty good. I guess, like, if there is an antagonist, it would be the blind guy. So I thought mm-hmm. that was, like, a really good acting job and a very scary character. Once, Like, especially once you find out his true motivations and why he's, like, the way he is. That's just, like, it's kind of terrifying, really. <laughs> but, yeah, I agree. Like, there's no one really that you want to root for. You're just kind of along. It's like a train wreck, and I kind of want just want to keep watching and see what happens. Seven car pile up. Sure. Yeah. I'm interested to talk about it. I thought this was a good movie and I quite liked it. You know, you know what? I definitely it... haven't seen something like this before. Yeah. But, but go ahead. What did it it kind of made me feel like, I don't know, did this come out? This came out after The Visit. It was a little bit like The Visit where it's like a little bit like it's straightforward. Like in The Visit, you go they go visit their grandparents. And then in this one, it's straightforward. They're just robbing this old guy's house. And then you find out like a deeper, darker thing that's going on from, mm-hmm. you know, just the surface. But the deeper, darker thing is a very believable thing, and it's not, like, supernatural or anything like that. Yeah, it feels like it it was not formulaic in that we haven't seen many movies quite like it, but it was more in the line of the train of thought of, like, what if bank robbers, but they accidentally robbed a serial killer's house or something? You have one plot that sort of collides with a second plot that we didn't know about, and what happens in that situation it's like putting things into a sandbox and just sort of seeing what comes of it and it felt like this plot of this movie could have been a lot of those sort of late night conversations like oh and why is he so mad and blind and where did he get his money from and oh they okay so we'll we'll write that he got a a settlement and he doesn't want to share it because oh because he had a tragedy and it sort of just seems like they didn't have a structure that kind of felt like it was being built as it went almost mm. or like the way they broke the story was like piecemeal and you know chunks at a time rather than having like a skeleton to hang stuff off of initially and yeah you, you could just turn your mind off and watch it but i don't watch movies <laughs> that way so there was a lot of times where i was like 
why are they just trusting that this is going to go fine with no evidence to support that basis? They're just like, yeah, we'll be able to rob this guy because he lives alone. Okay, have you cased the joint? No, we, we filmed like a time-lapse video outside of his house for a couple of days. And that's all we need to know. <laughs> and it just sort of takes you by the hand and you're stuck inside this house, which there were creepy things. There were creepy shots. There was a lot of tension and a couple of cool filmic things. But I think for me, the plot felt like it could have been tightened up. It felt like they could have given some people more motivation, especially Alex, who had no reason to be there aside from his dad was the one that installed the security system. So he knew his way around them. But we don't get a reason for him being like, I want to raise, get money to go to school or I want to get money to do this or, or something. He was just like, I don't know. I kind of have a crush on this girl. Maybe that's not even that developed. <laughs> yeah. Young love. <laughs> <laughs> young love. You might say she stole his heart. Oh, she is the best thief of all times. <laughs> and, and then like the twist of this movie is just absolute bonkers insanity. And, <laughs> Real gross. So let's not talk about the twist right away, but like maybe the maybe the first little bit about the characters or what have you got to say, Luke? I really don't know where I'm going with this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have three robbers and they have different reasons. I mean, I think what was uh, Rocky's reasons are kind of more comprehensible because she had a lot of family trauma, so she obviously didn't have maybe the greatest role models in her life to help her as she becomes a young adult. And then <laughs> you don't think so. Money just seemed like he was a straight up like hothead. Like he seemed like a stereotype of a gangster. Mm -hmm. He was trying to be the stereotype of a gangster. What he conceived of it through like television and music videos or something like that. You know, uh, here, Here's what it is. Here's what it is. <laughs> He was trying to be a gangster for Halloween. <laughs> That's what he... It was like a Halloween yeah, costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can kind of so. see that. I think that that was actually portrayed really well when he had to talk to a real criminal, like the guy in the van who was setting all this stuff up. Like, you can just see right. the difference in higher-level crime versus lower-level crime and, like, the kind of people right. who might be involved in that. I think I talked about this once in Pinocchio on here where it's like the moment where that fox meets the coachman and you see the difference between like petty evil and deep evil kind of thing so i got that kind of vibe between money and the dude in the van where it was like the guy in the van was like maybe in his 40s and he's like well you want to be a criminal you got to do real crime you can't just take rolexes from people's rich people's houses kind of thing <laughs> so i don't know he he obviously had his insecurities and then alex yeah it wasn't quite clear why he was doing this other than to impress rocky but i don't know like they're i guess people steal and i guess they look for lots of money when they steal so like that all makes sense for this it just they seemed like this <laughs> it was like a real ragtag uh, <laughs> thieving crew you know it reminded me of a non yeah. a, a non-comedic version of the woody allen film small time crooks <laughs> <laughs> It was like the budget sure. fellowship of the ring. Yeah, it's like, like deep budget. <laughs> like we can't even afford anything, so we're gonna find these people from you know, one of them's gonna be donated, one of them's <laughs> gonna batteries not included, and you gotta fix up the wiring a bit. I guess the only part that kind of nettled me a bit in their relationship was like Alex seemed way too smart to ever cast his lot in with this money guy. Like one second around Ooh. him, you're like, Nope. <laughs> 
<laughs> you are too dangerous. But I guess he loved Rocky too much. It only took money taking out a gun to be like, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't be here. <laughs> but he was way smarter than that. Like, he's like, we can't do past this certain amount of crime or else, you know, like, yeah. whatever. And... It's grand larceny. It's $10,000 is grand larceny. Yeah. Nothing traceable. The Alexes of the world know to stay away from the monies of the world, but for the plot of this movie, they didn't. So, oh well. <laughs> you know, Luke, until you reminded me that we actually got a scene of money facing off against the guy in the van, I think his name was Raul, mm. I forgot that they gave him any character development at all. Like, I yeah, totally right. forgot that <laughs> it was just like, and he's not in the movie for that long. Like, fine, yeah. he does... His his most useful scene is, I think, after his death in the movie, which is kind of funny. But <laughs> yeah, like they they really don't they really paint it in such thin no what's it broad strokes. They just mm. give them like very quick broad strokes. Like, okay, we need three thieves who are here. There's a big score. They can't resist it. Don't ask why they're in the house. And then they achieve their goal. They break into the room where the money is. They wake up this blind guy, and you're like, oh shit! Now this blind guy is gonna have vengeance for them. And that's kind of like the first little wrinkle where they're like, now we're trapped against this guy who looks like fucking old man Logan Wolverine. Like, as soon as this guy was out of bed, I was like, all three of you aren't blind. You should know you can't take this guy in a fight. Like, money, sure. He's just enough of a toxic masculine dickhead to feel like he can take anything on. He's got the gun, so he's got the power. But, like, everybody else would be like, you I was like, you gotta get out of that house. This guy is Jack. This guy is not, like, a feeble old man. They say, like, oh, it's just this old blind guy who lives there, and we can take him, no problem. Like, taking one look at Stephen Lang, who is shredded beyond all hell, is like, get out. Get out right now. <laughs> Don't stop getting out. Don't, they definitely, just uh, cut your losses. They should have invested in a better recon person for their crew. Money, yes, yeah. Money's not the right recon guy. No, he's he's not the right recon guy. The real evil of this movie was the sunk cost fallacy, where they're just like... <laughs> Yeah. They're in so deep they can't get out. And then like, so then we think like, okay, it's them versus this blind guy, sort of a cat and mouse hide and seek situation. Great. And then they go into the basement mm -hmm. and they find out that the blind man, who doesn't get a name in this movie, he's just credited as the blind man, has kidnapped this young woman and kept her in some sort of pillow fort slash plant dungeon chained up because... Why was she there? She she was involved in a hit and run that yeah. killed his daughter, right? Mm -hmm. And rich girls don't go to jail. She didn't get a she didn't get sentenced or charged with a crime. She got off. He was mad about how the system worked, so he kidnaps her. And then we think, okay, she's kidnapped, and this is like a weird serial murder thing. And then there's another twist where he, through you know a, a bit of a gunfight, kills this girl he's kidnapped and not till the very end of the movie we found out that she was pregnant with his child because he was going to get a child back from her for taking his original daughter so now there's nobody to root for in this movie <laughs> officially not a single person is on the side of good in this one not even and a dog not even well, a good I, dog me I messaged as soon as i saw it, like as the, as soon as that was revealed i was like has this guy considered adoption if you want a daughter that's bad, like, there's much better ways to do so than kidnapping and turkey basting. But, yeah. I think he wanted his own genes. I mean, you can still do that in very legal ways, right? I guess so, yeah. 
Yeah. But there's like a lot more red <laughs> you tape. You can't. Right? There's a lot more red tape. There's a lot more red tape. Yeah. And there's no, we all know that the veterans don't get enough support in the States and he's, <laughs> he's on his own. And there's so many like hints of what could be social commentary about this movie. Mm-hmm. That's enough for people to feast on. But it, it, it just kind of feels a little bit exploitative. Well, it's such a visceral, right? The film is so yeah. visceral, like one of mm-hmm. the most visceral that we've done yet, that it all any kind of more ethereal commentary is gets lost and hard to talk about because of, like how drawn to the <laughs> pornographic <laughs> so much of this movie is. Yeah, it's just. I don't know. He's got some weird jigsaw logic. You know, jigsaw is like, I'm not a murderer because I don't technically kill anybody, but I put them inside a box filled with bees and razor wire. And that's, you know, if you die, that's your fault, not my fault. Like him saying he's not a rapist, but he is forcefully inseminating women is like, yeah, maybe by the textbook definition of rapist, you are not. But Mm -hmm. you're doing a bad thing. You're doing a horrible, bad, unconscionable thing. Mm-hmm. Isn't forced pregnancy a war crime? Like, you can't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> can't be doing that. It's not. And he's just like, by the way, you're just going to have to stay here until you give birth to the baby. And then I'll let you go. Mm. What? What? Sir, excuse me. No. Yeah. Like, what's the plan? Is he in charge of all of the like prenatal health classes? And is he going to do the birthing? Right. You can't know. get good prenatal care in a fort that's in a basement with fluorescent lighting filled with like couch pillows. You just can't do it. I mean, he clearly he clearly is a person that has a like one track view of the world, and probably in his mind he doesn't feel like he's violating at least the first girl because she took she's the one who's responsible. I mean, with Rocky, it gets a lot. I mean, it's all stupid, like crazy, but. It's like, but no, she, didn't you hear the justification? It's like because he broke they into her have house. Died if you house. broke in, right. if you yeah, didn't yeah, break yeah. into my house. So it's like it's very flawed. And yeah, I totally agree with you, Billy. It's all jigsaw logic. You can hear the like echoes of the archetypal American conspiracy theorist who has motivated reasoning and like will make very tenuous connections of logic because it fits an already existing paradigm kind of thing. So. Mm-hmm. The blind man is. I bet you, if we got a longer movie, and hey, I I think he's in the second one. Maybe we get more. Cons- I I bet you he's a flat earther. He's a flat earther. <laughs> <laughs> he's a li- he believes in lizard people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the thing with like making him a veteran who's like been injured is so hard because you want to be on the side of like. Oh, the veteran, you know, person's got injured. They need support. They're not getting enough support. They're like abandoned by their country. We've seen this in like a million billion movies about the fallouts of war. And then to have him be like an unrepentant psychopath who is chaining people up and forcibly impregnating them. It's like, well, now I don't want to root. I I don't want (laughs) to cheer for you. Well, I think it's just like there's that one line that money says quite close to the start when they find out he's blind and then. I think Alex is like, we're not robbing like a blind army vet. And he goes, just like, he doesn't mean he's a good guy. So I guess like, that's like an overall view of people, right? Like, doesn't matter about what anything anybody does. Like, as soon as you do one bad thing, the perception of who you are kind of changes, right? 
You could you could save a billion babies, but as soon as you fuck one goat, you're you're no longer considered a baby savior. You're, you're a goat fucker, right? I, I I think there's a saying like that. For example, question yeah. <laughs> mark. So I mean, it's just like people's perception of you changes based off of one thing well, that you do, and like like I'm not saying I'm not defending the fact that he's you know no, yeah like a kidnapper, but like. It doesn't matter in this movie that he's an, a blind army vet that served his country and is probably not taken care of by the government, like because he's Which, he's like a kidnapping, technically not a rapist, rapist. It's like I don't care about this guy anymore. Like it doesn't matter. All the good that he's done is completely like it's changed my perce- perception of who this person is. Right. We see the line from Money saying like just because he's blind doesn't mean he's a good person. Is like supposed to be if you know going into the movie that something's up. And there's going to be a twist. Then it's like, yeah, okay, so we're going to be revealed to see how this guy's a bad guy. But at that point, at that point in the movie where that line is delivered, it's just from money being an asshole and being like dismissive of a guy who he doesn't know because he they didn't know that he had a dog until it was like literally barking at the window. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, shit, right. We got to solve this thing now. Like, so like to have that line in there feels like, I don't know, it feels like they're like, well, we need some way to like, Twig the audience to think that this guy maybe isn't a good guy, and they did it in a really clunky way. I don't so. needed that. I yeah. didn't need that line though. Once I got to that point in the movie, I'm like, this is not a good guy. But <laughs> yeah, right. I think this movie's real lesson is don't don't think too hard about it. You can rob whoever you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a Cormac McCarthy novel. There's just no good guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, that joke is too deep of a cut. I didn't get it. <laughs> oh, Cormac McCarthy is the guy who wrote like No Country for Old Men and oh, okay. <laughs> The Road and Blood Meridian and all the pretty horses. Sure, sure. Like okay. he's really, really kind of dark, meditative American literature of like basically everything's gone to hell and that's all there really is. And all you can do now is figure out how to do okay in hell. <laughs> which is kind of what the blind man says where he's like a man can do anything once he stops believing in god yeah, which is yeah, like yeah. okay that's a weird well, take but okay. i mean can a man do anything even if he does believe in god <laughs> well <Okay. laughs> i think like the whole thing around him being a war vet just goes to the kind of like incomplete nature and deceptive deceptiveness of labels right i mean sure yeah, right. Be- because we associate a lot of virtue with soldiers or war vet, like defending your country, helping the poor and the innocent. But I mean, like the term itself is like a start, not a finish, I suppose. Maybe it's like just one more piece of data that could be associated with more positive connotations, but aren't necessarily so. So little introductory to logic should be necessary i hope he's because yeah like i mean he's a war vet but he's also got these ugly things about him that uh are going to be misleading if you just simply <laughs> humans are a lot more complicated than one of their labels mm-hmm. yeah exactly that's <laughs> kind of i guess yeah. that that's a more eloquent way of okay. the goat the goat fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> but again yours was more in the spirit of the visceral nature and i think actually in this movie it'd be more like goat basting then go oh my god because he doesn't oh, bother. he doesn't no. rape. <laughs> oh i hate it i hate it so much i hated yeah. that scene that was 
so gross. Ugh. But yeah, I mean, we could get stuck in these weeds all the live long day and be fumbling around in the dark. And I think what we should do is talk about the scene where they were fumbling around in the dark, because I thought that was one of the more innovative mm-hmm. things that I haven't seen in too many movies, except for most recently on this podcast, Quarantine and Earlier Wreck, because I learned recently that those night vision scenes were filmed in the dark, at least for Wreck, mm. that the the scene in the, the penthouse is filmed in complete night vision. So her staggering around and not being able to like see anything is, is real. It's not like play acting. So the like maze scene in this movie in, in Don't Breathe where they're trying to find their way out, I thought was really cool. And I wanted to get your your folks opinion on that one on that particular part of the film. Yeah, I think that was probably the coolest scene in the movie. Just the, the technical kind of seamless transition into almost like found footage style night vision. It had a little bit of that uh, like glowy black and whiteness that no mm-hmm. night cameras have. And it was creepy. And then, of course, now Alex and Rocky are in the same boat as the blind man, but with many less provisions than he has. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. Yeah. Alex, what did you think of that one? Yeah, I think like it just... It added to the whole claustrophobia feel of this movie, and it was super tense, and it's it's kind of like the secret power of the old man. It's like, you know, because he's blind, all his other senses are so cute, and, you know, not only that, but he's like a war vet, so he's got all this, like, I don't know, real-world killer instinct experience, which makes it all the more scary, because it's like, right. we already saw that he's heartless, like, he just straight-up executes money. Whether that's justified or not, I'm not going to argue that, but it was kind of in cold blood. And then for me personally, at that point in the movie, you're not really on anybody's side because this is before you find out about Cindy, why Cindy's there. But like, mm-hmm. obviously he's kept Cindy there against her will because she wants to get out and she's chained in the basement and they freed her, but then he shoots her, but then he seems really upset about killing her. So it's like, oh, there must be some other kind of weird thing going on. So at that point, I don't want anybody to win. But for the movie's sake, you're kind of on Alex and Rocky's side at that moment because they're the ones trying to get out of this situation. And yeah, it was it was just like scary. And and the fact that sound was such like a big cue like this, like I think you put it in the chat as well, Billy, like John Krasinski saw this movie was like, I have an idea (laughs) for a movie myself. (laughs) I think this was like. You you could tell that Get Out, or not Get Out, A Quiet Place was pretty, maybe unintentionally or intentionally, it was inspired by this movie. The fact that, you mm-hmm. know, they're trying to be as quiet as possible, but then you have this hunter that has such acute hearing and, I guess, obtuse rationality. <laughs> yeah. And they kind of defeat him in the same way, right? Like, yeah. they use sound, the alarm goes off and it hurts his ears, kind of in the same way that Regan, is that her name? In a quiet place, she yeah she uses her hearing aid to disrupt the the ears of the the quiet place monsters and yeah I think you're right though we do root a little bit for Alex and Rocky in the basement scene because we've seen up to this point that the only advantage they have on this guy is they can see and that's barely keeping the the scales tipped in their favor like he's that capable that he's almost beating them without having to see them at all. And then once the lights go out, you're like, oh, now he is in charge and he's got all the cards. He's going to win. And now maybe it's our nature to root for underdogs. But it's like as soon as they're, you know, the most underdog, you're like, OK, well, I want to see them get out of this. 
But then your brain catches up and you're like, they should have left like 15 bad things ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it was just, it was visually and like just kind of atmospherically, it was just a really cool scene with cool set pieces and with the context of what the characters are and what they're capable of and what they're not. It just added to the tension, which I, I really liked. So I agree. That was mm-hmm. probably the best scene of the movie when like the lights turned off and they're running through the dark and just the hands coming out of like random places. Okay. It's effective. I will say though, not related to the scene at all, but I want to say before I forget, my least favorite part of this movie was when Rocky first escapes from the house and she's running and it's kind of slow motion. And then for some dumbass reason, whoever did sound editing or the director or whoever's decision it was, put footsteps. Like there was like a footstep sound effect as she was running out of the house. But sure, her boots were off. There shouldn't have been footsteps. It should have been quiet. So that before I forget, that's my least favorite part of the movie. Ah, it, yeah, yes. Yeah. I ex verbally exclaimed, this is fucking dumb. She's not wearing anything. That was your we'll call that the Alex's Eves trough section of the movie. This this was the Eves trough part of the movie for sure. And also, yeah, also that scene in the dark, it really tapped into that like base fear of Things in the dark and not knowing what is just beyond where you can or can't see. I've talked about it before on the podcast, but it's like if you're swimming in the ocean and your vision only goes so far, you don't know what's beyond that, but it could be anything. There's a whole wide ocean of monsters that could just be like 11 feet away and you can only see 10 feet away. And that's what that scene where Rocky is like walking towards the T intersection in the basement. She's got her hand outstretched and we know that the blind man is there somewhere and you don't know if she's going to bump into him in one minute or in two minutes or the next step. And we get to sort of see her getting closer and closer and closer to him. And the scene pays off because Alex shouts her name or whispers her name loudly and he gets drawn away. But because they can't see, it's totally pitch black. She doesn't know how close she got to like, oh, it could have ended for her right there, right then and there. could have been it because if she touched him, it's game over. And like that was very visceral and, and made me feel quite tense. So, yeah, I agree. This the the night vision scene was the best part of this movie. You know, Billy, if only we had a champion of humankind to give us fire to go search the dark recesses of the world. <laughs> You're talking about alien, right? Go farther back in the uh, franchise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, predator. Getting closer. Write letters. <laughs> Write the first couple letters. Yeah. Oh, Zeus, <laughs> yes. of course. <laughs> Zeus famously wanted humans to have fire. He loved it. He was like, give those bitches fire, it'd be great. That Those are the ancient Greek conspiracy theories. It's like, you know what? It was actually <laughs> Zeus behind it the whole time, yeah, and exactly. he set up Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? In this movie, Zeus would have been happy with everyone just killing each other in the dark. <laughs> He sure would have. He sure would have. Yes, if only there was a Promethean to bring not only the the, the fire of actual visible light, but maybe the fire of knowledge and the idea that maybe you should be backing out of this score. Maybe this cherry is just a bit too sweet for you to pluck. And well, yeah, Prometheus translates to foresight, which unfortunately it felt like there are three three would be robbers were lacking a little bit in this one. money can't buy you foresight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is this is so nerdy. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of cool scenes and things I liked about this movie, 
I think some of the coolest shots were the ones where the old, the, like the blind guy would just show up unexpectedly. Mm. So, you know, a few examples are when they're about to leave, but then he just opens the basement door and he comes out. And then another one is when, I guess when Alex, like he left the house at first, cause you know, money had a gun. He's like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And then he decides to go back in when he hears the gunshot. And then he walks right by, like, as he's walking in, he's, like, he's not really facing the direction he's walking. And then as he turns, very suddenly, you see the old man walking down the hallway towards Mm. him. And he has to, like, move off to the side. Like, those shots were so cool to me. And, like, a really great way of integrating the character of the old man, of him being so confident in his own house. But obviously with him being blind as well. So not noticing these things. And then Alex and Rocky have to, like suddenly hide very quickly but also not make noise because his hearing is so is so good but then with them being pretty much right next to him and him not noticing because he's blind like stuff like that was really cool in this movie Mm -hmm. for me i like the choreography and the the acting around that and it was fun and that's also what reminded me of the arrested development meme where tobias is doing Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) <laughs> cat cat burglary sneaky moves, sneaky moves and he yeah. gets his fingers slammed on something and he can't scream and so he like shakes his hand or that like yeah. that was very and funny. then yeah maggie maggie has to keep up the <laughs> facade that she's blind so she's trying her best to like whack him with stuff but... she can't just hit him yeah yeah and, yeah. and he puts on her clothes and perfume to like <laughs> to to be more mask his scent. <laughs> yeah mask his scent <laughs> which they should have done for their, shoes, done for their shoes that's how he smelled them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found all that setup, like when he's awake and after he kills money, like all that kind of like setup. He feels that like the lock, they, they, they shot off the lock with his foot. So he knows that like the basement's open, like he, he felt the glass. So he knows that they broke in through the window, which is why he goes to like hammer that in. And then like when he finds out that there's another person in the house because he's able to smell the boot. Or he smells, I guess, money shoe, and then when after he smells money shoe, he's reaching around and then he touches like Rocky's boot. Right. I, like I found all that set up and like kind of for 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 the perspective of the old man of him figuring out this mystery of like who broke in, why did they break in, how many people are there, how did like it was just really cool and it was well written and it was purposeful. You know how in a quiet place there was that one nail sticking up on the stair that was like okay we get it at this point <laughs> I, th- I thought this movie did that the lock on the ground or the glass on the ground it did it a lot more tastefully where it was like it they showed it there for one second and we revisit it once and that's a piece to the puzzle and i i quite liked all that because mm-hmm, you get to see him putting it together instantly a lesser done movie would have shown the bolt that's been shot off the lock he would step on it it would flash to the door with the bolt missing and flash back to the the bolt on the ground for the audience to put it together, but we only see it once. We don't see him flash mm. back to the broken bathroom window. We just see him be like, oh, I know this glass. This feels like the bathroom window glass. I got to board up this like broken window. Like He puts it together super quickly. And also, there's not a ton of dialogue in this movie. Like I think it's almost without conversation for the middle like third. And even before that, like when they're breaking at the start and some of the conversations, it's very, very short. And the blind man only has like maybe 10 or 15 lines in the whole thing. He's got his little speech later on, but he doesn't say a whole bunch. He's not like a quipping slasher ghost face killer from Scream. He's or Freddy Krueger. He's just mm-hmm. like Michael Myersing. He's he is 
attending the Michael Myers school, sneaking around too. It it made him very scary as a villain, right? Like he's obviously a person of very few words, and when he does speak, it's like, oh, I better listen. And and like just the the voice itself was like very commanding, I guess, and quite atmospheric and also like very groggy and very croaky like when he did speak for a long time it felt like or i felt like oh this is a man who hasn't said a word to like a living person for five years like his voice just doesn't seem like he speaks that much he obviously lives on his own i don't know what his conversations were like with cindy in the basement but it didn't seem like he was down there chatting too much with her and you're just like yeah probably this, not this shut-in man hasn't spoken to another person forever. And I thought that was an interesting choice as well. They did that thing too with the hammer because in one of the very early scenes when they're in the house, Alex first goes into the tool room and the the camera comes <laughs> in on the hammer hanging. Yes. And then that's the hammer he uses at the end of the movie to save Rocky during the insemination process <laughs> yeah. and then that crowbar was like pretty key as well like from trying to break out open the basement lock to the very end when rocky uses it to fight and it was used as like a door jam as well mm. like it was just cool like that things it, it seemed like the set was consistent right yes yeah it seemed like the set was consistent and then also where the blind guy dragged money's body like that becomes important as well right yeah because mm-hmm. i didn't notice that at first and i don't think you're supposed to but when Alex falls through the skylight or he falls through the bedroom window, lands on the skylight and then falls through the skylight. We think that the blind man has like found him and stabs down with these like kitchen shears. And, or when, when did this happen? Like, cause he gets stabbed, but money's yeah, body like, got stabbed and say that that's what saves Alex. That was a question I had. Do we think the blind man made a mistake or purposely didn't kill Alex? In the I think he made a mistake. But, like, that's such a weird and inconsistent mistake for him to make because he can, like, hear Alex breathing and panting and he knows exactly where he is and he still brings the shears down on the completely wrong spot. Like, that just felt inconsistent from the rest of his abilities in the movie. Yeah, I mean, you could say it's inconsistent, but then at the same time, it's like, the way that I saw it is as powerful and as, like, keyed in as his other senses are. Like, he's still human. Like, he's been sure. fighting this whole time. He's tired. He's been whacked a couple times. You know, yep. mistakes happen, especially when you're tired. This happened in the middle of the night as well. He's probably adrenaline's kicking in and you're not thinking fully, mm-hmm. you know. Fair. I mean, it just I felt know. so much less thorough than everything else he was doing in the movie. Like, just his ability to so seamlessly board up the house and know where the locks are and know how to keep everything in one place and, like, smell the shoes. Mm-hmm. And then Alex and Money were like on kind of separate sides of the work table. It just felt like a little bit plot contrivancy to have it be Alex is still alive, even though we think he's dead kind of thing. Sure. And I guess movies can do that. <laughs> like, I-, I guess it's alluded that like very jarring sounds can disorientate him, like the yeah. washing machine. True. And then the alarm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I th- it was it was neat because like I I absolutely thought that Alex was dead at that point and then it's like oh surprise he's not actually mm-hmm. but this is the reason why it makes sense money's body was in there I mean it just goes back to how I uh you know maybe character wise it wasn't super consistent but set wise mm-hmm. like the set pieces were super consistent mm-hmm. yeah I think that yeah his I mean this is maybe my a fault of me watching the movie but I went in expecting a twist because I I'm usually looking for a twist in this movie. 
And so my expectation was that somehow the blind man had this planned out and it was going to be some kind of a ruse. Like I was, I was at the point where anytime they're opening a door, I was like, Oh no, is this going to be a booby trap somehow? And is this going to like, is this going to be some sort of this, this blind man is like a weird twisted sadistic type of individual who is doing this a lot. And when Cindy was first revealed, I was like, Oh my God, was I right? And then I wasn't, but it it felt like, he could have been setting traps for them this whole time and knowing how to navigate them and having them sort of blunder into them more like they were prey. It was weird. It was, it was weird. Yeah, isn't it? Like, I, I mean, I, li- I like that, right? Like, because, like, the whole time we... Obviously, because Luke didn't want to say anything about this movie, like, you're like, okay, there's going to be a twist. Mm-hmm. There's something weird about this guy. You find out that Cindy's chained under there, but you still don't know why she's down there. So it's the whole time you're waiting for the twist, for the twist, for the twist, and you're looking for all these things. It's like, oh, maybe he's not actually blind. Oh, maybe he booby-trapped mm-hmm. the house, and he's just a weirdo that keeps random people underneath. And then it's like, oh, but why did he kill Money? And why is he trying to kill Alex? But not, you find out that Rocky get, wakes up in the little weird jumper harness downstairs as well. So the whole time you're trying to think of it, and then it just kind of, the twist comes out of nowhere. And it's it's so unexpected, and it's so gross and gruesome that regardless of how we feel about it like obviously i'm sure none of us liked it but it was a shocking to a point where like oh my god like this is a horror movie yeah right? it was shocking it was shocking and that whole scene where she's in the harness and getting her pants cut open and the the whole like insemination thing was absolutely disgusting i was cringing the entire time for that movie and i was just like oh blah 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 so gross yeah it was pretty yeah gross. and then he used like his little saucepan to heat heat up his boys <laughs> pretty gross so gross Ugh. there there was one kind of like major part of this movie that took me out a few times and i just want to know your intuitions again because this movie is not the point isn't what i'm about to bring up mm. but in terms of like fidelity to realism, you know, I I notice these things, and by the end of the movie, all three of the still alive characters, and especially the blind man and Alex, seem to recover remarkably quickly from extreme blunt force trauma <laughs> to their head and their back and their sides, and I just was like, really, he's this competent still after hammer blows to his head and to his body, really. Like, that's just the kind of thing that it it makes for good movies, right? Yeah. But, like, it's it's different in a Tarantino film because it's so stylized, right? Like, the violence, mm. kind of extreme blunt force trauma in a more stylized movie, maybe this is just my taste, is easier for me to, like, kind of gloss over in character continuance in behavior. But especially, mm. like, the shit that happened to Alex, like, he's just fine. <laughs> like, he's, like, not fine, but he's he's... Both him. He's not fine, Luke. He dies at the end. <laughs> both him and yeah, but both him and the blind man seemed remarkably mobile for what had happened to their bodies, and I was just like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, I think it's for me. That's not something I super notice in movies because everybody in movie action movies and and ones where there is fights, they're already like a couple notches higher on like a superhero level anyway. Like if you're right. in a movie, you just ha- you're a higher character level you have (laughs) more hit points and get away with it and it is odd to see in this movie where these are 
ostensibly normal human beings with normal human capabilities, maybe the blind man is higher up because he is trained. He has a background in that, but yeah, they can they can all take seven punches to the head and still be okay to drive later. They can all fall through as many windows and <laughs> doors that they want and still get up and brush themselves off. And yeah, there's there's blood coming out of their nose and there's a bruise developing under their cheekbone and stuff, but they're all still mostly fine and you just don't get you just don't get that realism in movies because I don't think it's fun to to watch as much. So Yeah. That's my like, get to that movie. Rocky hits him in the head like five times with a crowbar yeah. and then he falls down a set of stairs and he's just like, I just need some oxygen. <laughs> he's recovering from his injuries and he'll go home shortly. What a happy ending for the blind man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I only bring it up because this movie is a little bit more attempting to be realistic, more fa- like other fantasy-based violence. Sure. But Again, listeners, realistic is in super air quotes. There's a <laughs> lot of air quotes around realistic yeah. when we say it for this in terms of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I just, like, I was quickly brought back into the narrative because of how good the performances were. But I was just like, fuck, like, I... I dive one time on grass playing ultimate frisbee and I'm sore for three days. You're telling me she's falling down like a whole story onto cement and wood and she's just up and running in two minutes. Like I know the, I know adrenaline's there. I totally get adrenaline. Adrenaline makes you forget this shit, but like, fuck, she's going to need to see a car. Luke, I think you're also forgetting something. She's in her early twenties. We are in our mid thirties. Yes, okay. Like we can't get out of bed too quick, or it's like, ooh, my. Yeah, neck but the hurts. blind man is like in his fifties <laughs> or sixties. Well, yeah, okay, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. <laughs> he does crunches or something. I don't know. I'm just saying, watching a movie like this after like straining my muscles from Ultimate Frisbee is just—it's hilarious. <laughs> Like wow, they're so good at they're so good at recovering. Listen, I have on several occasions watched you sing tub thumping and fall down and stand up every right. single time in that song and still continue to do karaoke. It, the and whole that's night. post that's post ACL tear as well. Yeah, but see, but I the thing is I always always stretch that song. <laughs> good. Very smart. Keep keep limber. Thanks. <sighs> Okay, anything else about this movie to tie it up? I'm at the end of my notes. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a very cool movie. Parts of it are very unbelievable. Like, clearly they've been stealing from lots of houses because it, it seems like they've been doing this for a while, so they have some experience. So, And then all the houses that they steal from are houses that are secured by Alex's dad or his company or whatever, and he happens to have all the keys. Like, we see the scene where he, like grabs the hide a key under the lamp, opens the drawer, and it's all keys of, like, all these houses. <laughs> yeah. So, like, at, at, at some point, like, I feel like every single person whose house has been robbed, they would report it to the security company. Be like, hey, why didn't your system do shit right? for me? I got robbed. <laughs> and then it'd be like, at this point, they notice, that's funny. Like, every single house, a house, <laughs> like, every single one of our clients' houses have been broken into. Like, I feel like at, at, at some point, an investigation would have been done. It's like... it's. You know, there's like it's it's clearly an inside job, right? Finally, a movie with dumb police. Yeah, I was just gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I was just going to say, it's it's a trail of breadcrumbs that not even the most incompetent movie police department would fail to follow. Because I was like, yeah, they're just going to be like, wait a minute, all the murders in the last however long have been liminal security clients. That's weird. What do you think's going on there? And yeah, it's it's not going to hold up. But yeah. And also, how are the police going to search this house and have zero suspicion of the blind man of anything? <laughs> Right, like that whole basement is clearly a dungeon, right? There's blood there's, everywhere. There's a body in one of the things that he cemented over. Like they can, they have fucking sonar shit or whatever. Like they can see through cement. They're, they're gonna search this house and be like, "Yeah, this guy's telling the truth, and he's in the clear." Well, I feel like the, I mean, like if 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 cops showed up, like they, the the old guy would have been like, "Yeah, I was the one that pressed the button for you to come. I got robbed by two people. I shot I shot and killed them. You can see him here." But actually, you know what? You're right, because there there should have been like evidence would have pointed to a third one because two of them are. So one of them is shot at the door and then the other one is sheared in the workshop. How did the old man fall down the cellar at that? Yeah. point? Good question. But also, why does the old man have a dungeon in his basement? Yes. Also true. They <laughs> might not have checked that, huh? <laughs> he was in the basement. He fell into the basement. And they got him out of the basement into the ambulance and didn't go, sir, what is the dungeon? What is the dungeon for? And like, maybe it's a little bit of mind your own business and you do what you want to do. But it still is going to ask a couple of questions about, especially since there was articles, there was newspaper articles being like, Cindy, the Robins, the, the girl who killed the vet's child is not going to face jail time. Like, she's probably missing. Like, you know, there's... It, it doesn't hold up yeah. at all. <laughs> the young woman who is responsible for the manslaughter of this man's daughter mm. is missing, and this man has a dungeon. <laughs> Interesting. Mm. No further, <laughs> no further investigation needed. <laughs> he said nothing was taken, yeah. so case closed. All in a day's work. It's just a prerequisite for a horror movie is that the cops have to be like dumber than a five year old. <laughs> Like, that's just how it has to be, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I think getting back to your idea about, like, stylizing stuff for movies, there was a lot of points in this movie where Rocky was, like, escaping and then taking a minute to stop and pause and relax, where I was just like, no, 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 not not safe yet. Not safe. She's like, she leaves the house. She stops to turn around and be like, you're powerless out here, old man. And it was like... Okay, why? He's still got a gun. Why aren't you still running? Like, he, he, he's got lucky a few times and shot people. You know, she stops by the car and the dog chases her. She just, even at the very end, when he falls into the cellar and she stands there to look all dramatically like, I beat you, look at me, I'm on top. I was just like, yes, this is stylized for the movie, but in real life, I'm like, get the fuck out of there. Just go. <laughs> get, get moving. Just go. Which... Happens in every horror movie, right? There's always a chance for a movie and, and to you know pause. what? I hear it a pause. And, I guess technically, yeah. Rocky had a happy ending. Yeah, good for her. Trauma. She got away with yeah. the money and her sister. So much trauma. What do we think the sequel's about, though? Like, what? I, I could not fathom what the sequel would be. Is it a revenge? I, I saw the trailer. Okay. So the trailer showed that the old guy's in yeah. it. And, and he seems like that... the good guy. The yeah, trailer. there's another kid, and then like a gang breaks into his house or something. But that's that's all I got from it, or that all that's all I remembered. And I didn't have any of the context of this first movie, so I was like, oh, 
I so oh, for a lot of the time after watching the trailer for the second one, I was like, oh, clearly the old guy is the protagonist <laughs> in this movie, and but you know, my mind was changed. Are they doing like a they if you live long enough <laughs> as the villain, eventually you'll be the hero? Is that what they're going through? <laughs> everyone likes a good redemption story. Everyone likes Billy. a good redemption story. That's why I thought everyone likes a good comeback well, that's, story. That's uh, well, that's why Star Wars is so good. It's a redemption story. Separate part of it. I'll definitely say Blind Man got his own comeback in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Do do we have scariest parts? Do we have a scariest part of the movie? Alex, you picked it. You're (laughs) you're on deck first for this week. So what's your scariest part? I mean, yeah, the scariest part of the movie was the comeback scene. Like just that whole part, it was it was gross. It was really unsettling. It was disturbing, and I was terrified for everybody involved, <laughs> including myself. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's one of those things where I need to like just watch cute videos of of cats for an hour <laughs> after watching that, just to like clean clean out clean my eyes. Out. I don't a little know. Little eye bleach it's... for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah that that was like the scene that stuck out in my head the most as like the most disturbing and grossest and scariest so i'll pick that one <laughs> Luke, what's your scariest part of the movie i have to agree with alex by far the most unnerving part of this movie is when the blind man is choking and gurgling on his own semen <laughs> that's definitely the worst part of this movie <laughs> see mine is a little bit different it's that same <laughs> That same sort of scene around, but it's the moment where Rocky is tied up and he's got the scissors and he's going to just like cut through her pants with those giant garden shears. I was like, no, 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 no. It was gross to see him. Those are yeah, old school scissors too. like scissors from like, I don't know, 70 years ago. It was so gross. It was very disturbing to see him like about to violate this young woman. Alex comes in and saves the day. And then, yes, we get the, the turkey baster. I really don't want to use the word comeuppance, but it's there. It's there for the taking. So <laughs> the the seat. Yeah, my, my scariest part is just before he gets jammed in there when she's so helpless and mm-hmm. so scary. No good. Really, that whole that whole scene is just awful. It's just awful. Although the biggest jump scare is the first time we see Cindy, when she, like, runs through her little... She's tethered up, mm-hmm. and she just, like, lunges at the screen. I was just like, what the actual fuck is happening in this movie? Because that's, like, the first time the yeah, twist is, like, insane. You see that she's attached to that bell yeah. upstairs, yeah, yeah, yeah. too? Because we get a single shot of that when they're first going yeah. through the house. Well, like, so. what's this bell going to be? I bet it comes in. You know what? The blind man had watched Breaking Bad, because that was a similar oh. prisoner makeup to Jesse Pinkman sure. in season five. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Also, the... Did you did either of you get the fact that they were way too competent for being incompetent, but then they were so incompetent as the, well in terms of yeah. robbery? Like they knew there was a dog, so they're like, "We're gonna lace this piece of meat with some kind of sleeping pill and throw it over, and that's gonna knock the dog out." And then he comes like he's like, "He's I'm gonna sleeping gas this old man as well," and he knows like all the chemical formulations and how to do mm-hmm. it, and, and like he's like, oh, I brought a gun to break through this lock. So, but also I'm going to use like the water bottle to like as a makeshift silencer. It's all just like, yeah. The weird. fact that he has in- money had enough intelligence to make a chloroform spray release device for a sleeping person, but not enough wherewithal to bring anything else except for a crowbar and a gun. 
as part of a door picking kit was like huh yeah okay <laughs> yeah it was weird that there are these burglars that didn't know how to pick locks and they needed the actual key mm-hmm. right? well that's what they had alex for but they yeah, could have done the exact so. same thing if they said you know what alex learned how to pick locks on the internet and this is how we picked our victims and then it takes his like dad's security company out of the picture entirely anyway yeah it's like in fright night remake when he's like he he's on his phone he's like how to pick a <laughs> yeah, lock he just Googles it. <laughs> Anyway, good scariest yeah. parts. Well, clearly, yeah. clearly the 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 sleeping gas chloroform did not work because old man was up and yep. out, not out as an out, but like out of his room. Alex, and moving. Alex, what was what was your opinion on the phone screen text messages? Oh yes. Why all caps? <laughs> Why are they texting in all caps? That is so weird. Well, it was a serious you moment. Del- <laughs> you have to deliberately do that. Maybe he just wanted to do the first one, but he hit the the arrow key twice, which turns on caps locks, and he's just like, whatever, it's fine. Are you okay, Sam? Also, I just remembered this. Fucking Money's phone rings, and it's like the loudest <laughs> vibration noise ever. You're about to rob a house. Put your phone on silent, Put your you phone on airplane mode. What are you doing? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, yeah. I don't think that oversight is inconsistent with... Money's character. Oh, Money's yeah. character, yeah, you're you right. You mean the man who we saw urinating on the floor of a house he was burglarizing within the first one minute of the movie? Yeah. I bet he leaves his... I bet he also listens to his phone without headphones, too. He just listens to his music on the bus. You're right. <laughs> it was just consistent to yeah. his character. Yeah. I was actually expecting more face tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know some very lovely people who have face tattoos. Oh, and then there was that like there was that one scene where they're trying to like make Rocky relatable yeah. and like for the audience to feel bad. It's like, yeah, I got locked in the trunk when I was a kid, and this ladybug <laughs> flew in through the hole. I was like, oh, this is gonna come back, and then it was like, no, we're just gonna lock a dog in the trunk of a car. That's it. It was weird. <laughs> that was so. That was that was bananas. She's <laughs> like, yeah. I had a bad childhood. My parents locked me in a car. I was like, oh. So in addition to crumbling, you know, economic supports, the real bad guy of this movie is also like generational trauma and breaking the cycle of mm. abuse and neglect, which is something we're all working on mm-hmm. all the time. That's the real scariest yeah. part. You know, you know what will change all that? California. Definitely going to California <laughs> will be fine. You'll just be able to steal money and go to California. Did either of you think of the song California by Wave when they said that? Go on to California, gonna live the life. Remember no, I thought song? of California by Phantom Planet. Oh, sipping on tequila night after night. Anyway, it was like one of those yeah. songs from the early 2000s that were on the radio all the time. Ah, I can't say I thought of What's that. the radio? Yeah, yeah, you're the only one on the radio anymore. Zing! <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's because Luke's got a radio show. All right, uh, you got. I got me. you. Yeah, you're doing so. You're you're all over the place. Listen, it's time to plug your radio show in a minute. It's time right now for us to rate the movie. Alex, what are we going to rate it out of? And what is your rating? Well, obviously, we're going to rate it out of cum-filled turkey bases. No. <laughs> it is less gratuitous in this film than others. I don't That's know true, why yeah. I expected something else. <laughs> <laughs> this was the dead dove in a bag the whole time. All right, all right. So, all right. Yeah, you, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll go first since I picked it. This was overall a pretty enjoyable movie. If you overthink it like we do, as always, like obviously your opinion's going to go down. But like, it was atmospheric. It was really original. Mm-hmm. The twist was 
like shocking and <laughs> it, it i was on the edge of my seat for most of this movie and and it was filmed really well and I generally liked it and it was unsettling and it made me feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to give this movie 3.75 cum-filled turkey basters out of 5. No, I love that you made that lower rating out of, but I respect your rating. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Luke, what are you giving this one? Yeah, like I said at the very beginning, I think technically this movie is really impressive and small scale impressive. I don't know. Like it's not a spectacle, but it does the kind of small time filming really well and really atmospherically and yes the experience of watching this movie is quite tense and i remember the first time i watched it being very gripped the whole time with a very bizarre and unexpected twist that will (laughs) i guess probably divide audiences as they say (laughs) definitely a divisive twist so i think all of that was really cool and yeah it's it's an original take on a familiar genre of the the home invasion type of movie. I just think it does not quite hold up as strong upon analysis. And so all things considered, I'm going to give this 3.15 cum-filled turkey basters out of five cum-filled <laughs> turkey basters. So many times. Oh. I never thought that would be a sentence I would say. <laughs> <laughs> the joys... The joys of the podcasting world. Please keep listening. You got to remember too, like Alex shoved that baster way God, down his no. throat. Like, yeah, that's good. Way wasn't that Rocky? I thought that yeah, was Rocky. Ro- that was it Rocky? Yeah. I thought it was Alex. Rocky got yeah, it. Yeah, because she was like, oh yeah, it was it was Rocky? Yeah. Alex hit him with the hammer. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. she turkey basted his throat, not softly. Wow. That was a hard turkey based down his throat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need to rate so we can stop talking about the turkey basters. <sighs> <sighs> This movie is with many flaws. There is a lot that is very gross and weird about this movie, but I I had fun watching it. It was something different. Exactly what you said, Luke. It's a different take on a home invasion. It's not something I had seen before or thought I would see ever. I, I feel like where I fell down was they took the twist of like, what if they're they invade this home and the person whose home it is is way more overmatched than them in every way and then they twisted it even further to be like he's also getting revenge on something so i feel like they there's maybe a couple couple too many twists in it but the filming was very very close very claustrophobic it gets big points for me for that night vision scene which i thought was very cool and very well done and i enjoyed a lot and yeah overall i'm going to give this one three cum-filled turkey basters out of five (laughs) and now i never want to say that again or hear that again except i have to edit this so maybe i just edited beeps (laughs) well maybe what if we do don't breathe too and it's a part of the plot there as well no well even if it's not part of the plot we have to bring it back for context right (laughs) oh for sure yeah that's true for sure anyway i hope you enjoyed the last episode of nothing to fear (laughs) (laughs) canceled canceled Canceled. we got canceled everyone (laughs) all right well let's move on to the something to cheer section because it's always good to cheer things and alex what are you cheering what are you cheering all the way out west there i had dinner with my family last night and it was delicious and i got sent home with a quarter of a watermelon and pretty much like a big third of a costco cheesecake 
So I'm ready to go to town on watermelon and cheesecake in about Hell 20 minutes. Yeah. And I'm really excited for that. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm sharing is watermelon and cheesecake. <laughs> I, I'm also really hungry yeah, yeah. right now. I, I, I totally respect that. Oh, I love that cheer for you. Luke, what are you cheering? So this is pro- maybe a little surprising, but also not. I'm doing a sports cheer, and I'm cheering the Toronto Blue Jays, because even though I'm not really a huge baseball fan, I've had a little bit of downtime in my life recently, and baseball is the only sport on TV right now, except NFL started today. But well, tennis as well. Yeah, yeah, tennis. But I mean, like, consistent on everyday sports. Okay. And the Blue Jays ha- are just this, like, they just play the game in a way that it's fun to watch. And since they're the only team in Canada, they're like Canada's team. And they're always like dancing with each other. And they're always like looking like they're having tons of fun and they're getting along really well. And they've managed in the last two weeks to go from like 10 games back of a playoff spot to tied of oh, a playoff wow. spot. So they've won like four. I think they've won like 12 of their last 14 games. And again, I don't usually like baseball, but last yesterday they had a doubleheader against the Baltimore Orioles. And in the last inning of the first game, they were down 10-7, and they scored four runs in the last inning and then hold, held on to win 11-10. And then even more absurdly, in the last inning of the second game, they were down one nothing, and in the last inning, they scored 11 runs. So they won, wow. a, they won, yeah, they won the game 11-1, and they were going into that inning down one nothing, and they didn't even have a hit. They had zero hits in the game, and then they had 11 hits in the last oh. inning. I mean, and, you only need one good yeah. half inning. <laughs> and then right now they're winning 18 to 4. So they're just wow. this absurd team that always has fun together. They have like this great culture and chemistry and they're fun to watch and they get along and they're really good. So I'm cheering the Toronto Blue Jays. Ah, go Blue Jays. Or as my late great aunt would say, Go blue chase because she had a very delightful german accent sure so that's one that goes out to you nanny <laughs> rest in peace anyway i am cheering this week kind of a, an interesting cheer once i get to it but i just finished the first week back at school Woo. and i well i didn't cry every day but i didn't cry zero days because it is very hard to be back in school, I'm completely rusty to the hallowed halls of academia, and it's a lot to get my feet under. And it may not sound like a cheer to say that it's like caused me anxiety and emotions, but I think going into surviving the first week and going into the second week at the time of recording, I'll be like well into it by the time this episode comes out. I'm excited for the challenge that it's offering me, and it's a chance mm. to dig deep and find out what I can do and achieve something that I haven't done for a while because the last time I went to school I kind of coasted my way through and did just okay and this time I actually care about what I'm doing so Mm. the fact that I'm reacting so hard to the emotions of it and the stress of it lets me know that this is something I care about so I'm like excited for the challenge of university and I hope when this episode comes out October Billy I hope you're doing good hope you're doing all right (laughs) you got this past Billy believes in you I've been like making a jokey observation over the last few years that uh, people shouldn't actually go to college for the first time until they're 30. <laughs> because then they'll actually care about it. Absolutely 100% agree with you. <laughs> like your 20s should just Absolutely. be for like working and adventure. And then you go get an education when you're like old enough to realize that you actually have to work hard at it. <laughs> listen, listen. From 0 to 18 will be children. Yeah. Then from 19 to... <laughs> 36 
We'll make our own Midsommar cult where we can change the ages a bit. <laughs> what happens at 72, Luke? Hmm? Well, we'll see you Well, tomorrow. at 72, Luke, you're going to have to fill up some turkey basters. Because yeah. your stuff oh, no. just won't, ain't working anymore. Well, come on. There's pills for that. <sighs> all right, all right. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. This is the end of the show. It's time to do credits. It's time to, to finish the show off. But thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you for sticking to the end if you did. Thank you for not turning off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Although it would be understandable. But yes, thank you so much. If you like the show, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can do that. It really helps us get noticed. It helps more people find the show. Tell people about the show. If you think they'll like horror movies, tell them. Say, hey, there's a podcast that you might like and send them an episode. Steal their phone and download all of our back episodes so we get the download numbers. Thanks very much. (laughs) Thank you to Katie and Madison for our logo designs and our t-shirt designs, which you can get on TeePublic. And you can find all the information in our show notes, of course. If you would like to follow the show and interact with us, you can go to the Nothing to Fear podcast Instagram page. It's at Nothing to Fear podcast. And currently in October, we're doing a poll, a Halloween poll of like Halloween bad guys on our Instagram story. So make sure you're voting in those every day. We're going to do a Halloween movie bad guy showdown. And we're currently doing that when this episode comes out. So make sure you're voting every day. <laughs> if you followed last year we did the Halloween candies it's great but this is through the Nothing to Fear page so make sure you're following the page follow our social media we want to yes do it alright also NTF pod on Twitter follow us there follow me at Billy by Design I before you and spelling Billy and underscores between the words you can watch episodes of Quarantine Kitchen coming out on Mondays on a new Instagram page called Quarantine Kitchen that's all just at Quarantine Kitchen follow it there Oh, I think that's all for me. I've got a lot of stuff going on, but not as much as Luke. Where can people find you? Well, there's the two podcasts that I do, Really True Fiction, where my cousin and I talk about a famous work of fiction and its real life wisdoms or ideas, as well as The Liberal Soul, where I either do solo episodes talking about famous works in liberal philosophy or have guests on to talk about some passion or interest or deep love of their own. So, yeah, those are the two. Plus, also, Billy mentioned I do do a radio show. So if you live in the Nelson... <laughs> yeah, you said do-do. <laughs> I do do, yeah. If you live in the Nelson area, or you can stream it, 3 p.m. Pacific time Tuesdays, I do a show on local radio, Kootenai Co-op Radio, with another Alex, other Alex, as we affectionately know him as, uh, where we talk about a film. So that can be streamed you call on... him other Alex on air? And he's like, why do you call me that? I'm the only Alex here. And you're like, don't worry about it, other Alex. (laughs) No, because the context doesn't call for it. (laughs) Well, what's the name of the show? It's called Full Spectrum Cinema. Cool. Cool. Check that out. I think there is also a mix cloud that he he makes and then uploads them. But I don't know exactly. So you can find the audio file somewhere on the internet. I don't know exactly where. The show is called Full Spectrum Cinema on Mixcloud. Maybe that's where... Plus, also, you can tune in at 3 p.m. Pacific on Tuesdays. So strange to like Just have a specific time you have to listen. <laughs> scream scream Luke Mason's name into whatever digital assistant you have, and mm. you'll get something with his voice. So, And now, for the <laughs> longest plug section of all, Alex, you've got a many great work going on. Where can people find you? Find me buried under the cement of the old guy's house. You know, the cops never looked there, so... <laughs> Go go look there, and maybe you'll find me. Was he burying her in cement? 
Because it looked kind of like blood or acid from Breaking Bad, but yeah, not maybe. cement. It didn't maybe. look I don't like know. cement. Who knows? Okay. It's just goop. You can bear. You can find me in the uncertainty of where Cindy's body went. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good. You're you're everyone's favorite host for a reason. Okay. So <laughs> next week, week two of Halloween, but not Halloween movies, is your pick, Luke. So what have you got for us today? So my pick is actually influenced by Alex's pick of this week. Because I, I had a different one in mind, but when Alex picked Don't Breathe, it reminded me of another movie that also came out in 2016, and it's called Hush. So we're going to watch a movie called Hush, Ooh. and it involves a home invader and a unknowing home owner. <laughs> so is this just home invasion month? <laughs> yeah. Do we have to change it? <laughs> I thought it would be kind of fun to do a very similar type of movie with a lot of major differences to like do okay. like an experiment so close together like a contrast and compare of what like the movies do well because the difference in hush is that the main character the woman instead of being blind is actually deaf so she, her oh. home is getting invaded and she is deaf and so it's like an inverted plot of this one to see what kind of cool movie mechanics might be used for a different disadvantage in that kind of scenario so have you seen this? Yeah, I've seen it once, oh. and I really liked it. It's a very low scale, like small scale, like this movie, home invasion type. And given that there's homes and, and, and there's a mask in that movie, too. So there's the Halloween connection. Mm. <laughs> there we go. So, nice. well, yeah, I, I, it's just a movie I remember really liking the first time I watched it. And so I want to see what you two think of it as well. Well, don't so, talk too much about it. That's what yeah. next week's for. So yeah, we'll save it for next week, but that'll be great. So yes, hush, hush, hush. So if you want to watch that, you have all week to do so before the episode comes out. And thank you very much again, everybody, for listening. Remember, folks, they're just movies. There's nothing to fear. <sighs> Big red button. The whole time. Big red I, I button. <laughs> Go. Yeah, clicked. <gasps> Maybe you stepped on my exhalation joke because the joke was <laughs> I didn't breathe that whole movie. Hey! <laughs> Hi listeners, Billy jumping in here right at the very end to let you know that there is another way you can support Nothing to Fear. If you really like the show, I would love it if you would consider going over to our new, a brand new Patreon page and subscribing. We will never put the regular episodes behind a paywall, so you don't have to worry about that. But if you'd like to chuck in a buck every month and help the show keep going, um, you can do that now over on our Patreon. So just head over to Patreon, look for Nothing to Fear, and you should be able to do that. There's no tiers. A minimum the suggested donation is $1 per month. If you can spare it, we'd love to have your support. It helps us sort of pay for the movies, helps us keep things going, and we will be providing some cool little bonus blog posts and posts over there if you're interested. So have a think about it, and if you would love to donate, not donate, if you'd love to... If you'd love to support the show, any amount, minimum $1, really helps us out. We love you forever, and we can't wait to see you over there because there's already some cool stuff up. So think about it and enjoy the rest of your day.